This is Canvas, a show all about iPad productivity. My name is Fraser Spears, and I'm joined again by Federico Vitici. Hello, Fraser. It's good hey. to be back. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. How are you? How's your recovery going? Uh, <laughs> it's not really going because mm-hmm. I finished the review and I had to take care of some issues with the website and then I started working on my presentation for the for the release notes conference that I have in, in Chicago next, um, in just a couple of weeks. So I, I don't feel like, um, you know, last year when I was done with the iOS 10 review, I was like, okay, I'm done. Now I can, you know, play some video games, play with my... Nintendo DS and relax. And this year it feels like it's an extended um, iOS beta season. So I'm still in that mood, you know, too many uh, espressos every single day, not a lot Mm -hmm. of sleep. Still that kind of lifestyle. But it will get better. You can't take your foot off just yet, but uh, trip to Chicago will refresh, I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Don't try the pizza though, right? Uh, Well, I I have to for science, right? I mean... Yeah. Well... has to happen. <laughs> has to happen. I need to know. I need oh. to know firsthand. Uh, I'm really, I'm really sorry for all the email we're going to get on this, but Chicago pizza is the worst. Um, <laughs> and I have had lovely trips to Chicago, and I've met lovely people there, and every trip has been outstanding, except for the bit where they make you have Chicago pizza, <laughs> which is basically like a cake with sausage on top. So um, enjoy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will, I will let you know, uh, and yeah. I will report back on the show. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I have to. I have to do it. There's just so so much expectation now for me to taste yeah. the Chicago pizza that I have to do it. We may have to do a member show just with some feedback on that. <laughs> <laughs> the the Chicago pizza show. <laughs> we should do that. <laughs> uh, there just be an hour of screaming. Um. So yeah, we we should follow up on a couple of things, Federico, from our Apple Notes episode, which was very well received. People were very kind about that show. Uh, the one thing we complained about for a substantial amount of time and, and with some, uh, <laughs> some some disdain in our voices was something that is actually there and we didn't realize it or forgot about it, which is uh, that there is a shortcut to uh, start a bulleted list. And we were complaining that there wasn't a keyboard shortcut for it, but there is a shortcut of sorts. And, and the answer is you type an asterisk and a space uh, and that becomes a bulleted list and, and that puts it into list mode. And I think if you type a, a number and a dot and a space, you get a numbered list as well. Um, but you certainly get a dash also works, I believe, for the ability list. So our apologies for not either remembering that or knowing it in the first place. Uh, I've been using it like crazy since everybody on Twitter told me about it. So thank you for the feedback on that. Yeah, I have no idea how we completely blanked on that uh, for the for the lists. Uh, because I think mm-hmm. I either mentioned this on Mac Stories or in Mac Stories Weekly or probably on Connected. So this is so strange, and I, and I, when I was talking about it, like I was dead sure that yeah, there's no way to create a list from the keyboard. And actually, when people started getting in touch with me, I was like, yeah, of course, I I already knew this. So yeah, <laughs> this is what follow up was was designed for. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And since we spoke, Federico, and even since the last show, we have had the release of iOS 11 and the release of iOS 11.0.1 which uh, uh, just uh, I got about 80% of my school iPads onto 11 and then 11.01 came out. So uh, it's back to the beginning again for me. Um, and of course, 11.1 beta as well. So uh, how, how's your experience been with the, with the release so far? Um, I would say that the majority of my issues came from the files app. Um, mm-hmm. I'm running into the problem where every few days I have to completely reboot my 
either my iPad or my iPhone because the Files app doesn't load any provider anymore. So okay. even even if I tap on iCloud Drive, I got a completely blank screen, like just white, just a white background, and I cannot see my files and folders. And force quitting the app doesn't work. And I'm pretty and I'm pretty sure that it's a caching problem that because files is very aggressive in terms of caching and memory allocation, sometimes it just gets stuck. And for me, the only way to even to only browse my iCloud Drive is to reboot my iPad. And I've had similar problems with like. Um, third-party file providers, I tap on them and I get a content unavailable error message, mm-hmm. uh, which I think mm-hmm. we will mention t- today. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll definitely get into some of that. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, uh, I'm already on the 11.1 beta. There's some mm, weird timings in terms of the gestures, like mm-hmm. on the first beta of iOS 11.1, uh, I activate control center more than before. Otherwise, I would just say pretty solid. The battery is not so terrible, but my main problem is files. Mm. Yeah, I I would say my experience is kind of similar. I mean, my my devices have been on beta release since 11 beta 1. And I'm noticing right now that my phone is a little bit lower at the end of the day than I would normally expect it. Uh, it's not it's not like it's dying halfway through the day or anything, but it's just 10 to 15% more battery use over the course of a day is roughly what I'm seeing. Uh, we saw some issues in school with iTunes U. Um, we obviously use that quite heavily in school, and we noticed that after updating to iOS 11, some when I, iTunes U was trying to restore its state from what it had been in iOS 10, um, the screen was just coming up black uh, and there was no controls or anything you could do something about it so uh, we tried so for some people just restarting the iPad solved that problem other people had to um, delete and reinstall iTunes U for it to come back working but that seemed to fix the problem and because it was synced through an Apple ID it wasn't a problem it, it, was, a, it was a simple fix in the end if just a little bit kind of frustrating and a bit annoying mm-hmm. for people yeah. but um but that, that's been the majority of it, really, for me, uh, that issue with iTunes U. Um, and, yeah, that's it. No, not too bad. I mean, uh, we, we've seen worse things before in the past, especially with iOS 8. I remember mm-hmm. it was kind of kind of a rough period to, yeah. you know, with the first betas. Uh, was it iOS 7 that, uh, I think it was iOS 7 that didn't come out on the iPad, like the beta uh, like Apple released iOS 7 for iPhone in June, yeah, and and like then yeah, the, yeah. the 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 iPad got only beta two or beta three, and iOS 7 on the iPad was super buggy. I mean, mm. it was buggy everywhere, but on the iPad, man, it was was a mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had some horror shows with iOS 8 in school because uh, we use supervised iPads at school, so that means that we can do more control on them. Um, and in like to supervise an iPad is very complicated, and you have to. Um, it basically involves wiping the iPad and starting again. And we, some people who updated to iOS 8 over the air, uh, it deleted their supervision profile. And this was like a serious problem because their iPads were full of their stuff. And I'm like, I want to supervise the iPad again, but I've got to wipe it. So uh, that was a, a tricky solution. We eventually got helped by Apple you know, Enterprise support on that one, but it was, it was a long time before we got that one fixed uh, completely across the school. Hmm. But better times now. Definitely better times now, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So we're going to complain about much less important things today. Um, and But we're going to also try and you know help people with 
understanding the new world in, in iOS 11. And I've been doing a lot of this in school this week. And one of the, the major things that I've been doing is, is talking about the Files app because not only is the Files app a new app on iOS 11, but it's also become the main interface that you see inside apps like Pages and Keynote, which obviously we use in the school a lot for the, for the kids. When they open that up, they basically see the Files app inside Keynote and Pages. Uh, and helping them understand how that all works has been quite important to getting them back to where they used to be in terms of uh, uh, productivity on iOS. So that's mostly what we're going to dig into today. Yeah, and I wanted to ask you, I assume that all the all the kids in school, they get their own iCloud Drive accounts, and I, I assume they can work with documents that are stored in individual iCloud accounts? Yeah, we, we do that for, for children who are in the secondary school department. They, okay. they get a managed Apple ID through the Apple School Manager program, and that gives them five gigs of iCloud storage and, and not all the features of an Apple ID, uh, but most of them. So I don't think it provides them with a, an iCloud email account, for example, but they can use iCloud Drive, certainly. And uh, that's something we'll maybe mention later on is that one of the classes I was teaching today they were uh, in the primary department, so they were using files, but they didn't have an iCloud Drive account. They had no Apple ID working on the device. So that was quite interesting. That's where uh, On My iPad comes in. That's, it turned out to be quite useful to have that there. Yeah. So, yeah. So we'll dive into that. But yeah, that's mainly what we do in school is uh, iCloud Drive for, uh, for the older kids. They also have Google Drive as well, but the iCloud Drive is more of a kind of working space obviously, because it's built into Pages and Keynote, and Google Drive is more sort of cold storage when they're finished projects or files to put that up there. Right. Okay. So, yeah. what is what is files? What, it, what, what does this app do? Well, the, the way I've been describing it to people, Federico, is it, it's a, a cloud-integrated finder for iOS. Uh, yeah. It's, a, yeah. it's a single app, and you think about the Mac Finder, it, you're browsing a local disk and you're seeing local files and so on. And on macOS, when you connect that to cloud services, you're basically piggybacking the cloud service on top of the existing file system and file browser. So you have Google Drive or Dropbox sitting there watching a folder for changes, and then if they detect any changes, shuffling that up to the cloud whereas the files app is kind of like that if you redesigned that for a world in which people were storing files cloud first files is more what you would get so it has um plugins it has providers uh, similar to what we've had before with document providers in ios 10 and earlier but these are plugins for the files app that can speak to a particular services back end to show information about some of these files that are not necessarily on the device. So it also tries to be quite transparent about whether or not this file is on the local storage or it's in the cloud. Obviously, the download time will tell you in the end of the day whether or not it is, but that's roughly what the Files app is. It's kind of like a cloud-connected finder for iOS. Yeah, and uh, I I should note that um, um, according to Apple in their documentation, like when when they explain the, the file provider API to developers, they say, if you have a cloud service, if you have a cloud-based application, you can integrate with files. And because files is meant, is designed for this type of app, of, of cloud-based apps. So stuff like Dropbox or Google Drive or, you know, Adobe Creative Cloud, all of mm -hmm. these cloud services. But I've seen a lot of developers already taking advantage of the file provider API with local storage. So stuff like Riddle Documents, for example, they have a file provider that lets you browse the local contents of the Documents app into files. Or there's also the 
sort of like the in-between, the compromise of apps that do use some kind of sync mechanism, but that when you browse their, their file provider in files, those are actually already you know, offline documents, stuff that has already been synced and downloaded on device. For example, okay. Working Copy and Devon Thing to Go, they mm -hmm. use a sync mechanism behind the scenes. Uh, working Copy syncs with GitHub and Devon Think can sync with a Dropbox or WebDAV or some other server that you have in the app. Uh, but when you use the, the file provider in the files app, those are not cloud-based cloud documents. They are locally synced they talk back to the main app, but when you interact with them in files, they don't trigger a real-time sync, as it happens with Dropbox and Google Drive, for example. So uh, I see that there's also this, you know, this sort of avalanche of new shelf-type apps on iOS 11, and there's one of them that I recently discovered. It was brought to my attention this week. It's called Gladys. And Gladys has a file provider. So when you clip stuff in the Gladys shelf, you can browse its contents um, in files with a file provider. Okay. Um, so yeah, developers, even if Apple doesn't recommend they do this, developers are, of course, taking advantage of this API to sort of to work around the limitation of cloud-based or local only. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that works out because I think that... Um it's going to be it's going to be a little bit of a confusing period for users. I think if if there's a mixture of people using the the same API for sort of different purposes on the back end, um, so we're in school we're just talking about Google Drive and, and iCloud Drive as being the two places that people are going to get access to their stuff. But Federico, I don't know about you, but I haven't quite changed my mind yet about starting in files. Whenever I'm looking for documents, I'm still kind of in that world of. Uh, I want my keynote file, so I'm going to keynote first. Oh, yeah. and then I'm, I'm opening it up. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think it's gonna take it's gonna take a long time before uh, I change my my because it's muscle memory at this point, right? So yeah. I just when I know I'm working on a presentation, I just open keynote, or when I know I'm editing a PDF, I open PDF panel, whatever. Like I still don't have in my brain that sort of Mac-like mindset of let me mm -hmm. open the Finder and then let me double click. It just doesn't work that way for me on iOS. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because that was the thing that in, for years and years people were like, oh, iOS doesn't have a finder, yeah. so... But at well, this point, it's kind of too late. These people had better be using files every minute of the day. <laughs> if I find you people and you're not using files as the first thing in your dock, <laughs> there's going to be a discussion about that. So, uh, you know, now it's here, you better get using it. So uh, get into files, and I want to see that open <laughs> on everybody's iPad all the time. Yeah. Um, I, I discovered something else, Federico, that you can actually, you can drag and drop files between cloud providers, but what you have to do is you have to begin the drag in one provider and then manually switch to the other. You can't, uh, the, the source list on the left-hand side where it's got Google Drive and iCloud Drive, you can't drop a file on that section. But okay. if, you, if you switch to Google Drive and you get the Google Drive provider on the right-hand side or the Dropbox provider, if you drag into the right-hand side where all your files are, you can actually drop a file in there. So that was something that it, I was kind of confused by that. Some people on Twitter helped me out. They said, yeah, you've got to start the drag, then manually switch to the other provider and then drop in there. You can't just drop on the provider and have it do the right thing. Okay, yeah, that seems like a bug because I would say by default, if you drop a file on the main sidebar entry, you just drop it into the root view. Of That's exactly what I expected to happen, but it it just shows a, a no drop 
uh, badge yeah. on the drag there just says don't try it so I mean, but okay. it also doesn't spring load you know I, I thought it might spring load into google drive and then i could drop it but it doesn't do that either so uh just a i mean there's something that can be fixed i'm sure but it's just the way it works right now yeah um anything else to say about files yeah i mean the thing i mentioned earlier that Files also provides all its functionality as a view controller that apps can drop in. And if you've used Pages or Keynote in iOS 10 and earlier, you'll know that it's got a kind of custom user interface for its files in the start. And, and under iOS 10, what that looked into is it looked into the Keynote folder in your iCloud drive. And now when Keynote starts up, it just shows you the recent tab from files and you can pick any Keynote file that shows up there. What's really fun about that actually is that it shows up all the files that Keynote can open across all your cloud providers at once. So I had this interesting experience of opening pages today and it showed me a bunch of uh, show notes for Canvas. And I was like, whoa, what was that all about? Because we keep our Canvas show notes as uh, text files in right. Dropbox. And I was like, why have all my Canvas notes shown up here in Pages? And it's, of course, because they're just plain text files and Pages knows how to open a text file. And therefore, uh, it's showing me that in the recent section of uh, of the file opener. So, well, yeah, that, that could be pretty cool, actually. Once we kind of get into the mode of this, um, I'm, I'm quite kind of excited about that because... You're used to seeing only the things you know are an iCloud drive, but now it's reaching across all your other, uh, all your other um, cloud services to get compatible files as well. So that was quite cool. Yeah, and I guess the the idea is that every app should should support opening place, uh, because Apple kind of wants mm-hmm. to blur blur the lines between um, where does this document come from. And instead, they kind of want to have this model of your files are all collected in the Files app. And it doesn't matter which app you use to modify them or to open them. It just works behind the scenes. So there's the assumption that you open the app, you see every compatible document, and it doesn't matter if it came from you know, Ulysses or if it came from Google Drive or Dropbox or Pages, you just open, edit, and you don't even have to save because all the changes are saved automatically on iOS. So that will take time to get used to because it, it it's the complete opposite of the things we've been taught for almost seven years, basically, with the iPad. Yeah, no, and, and it's been part of the iOS life is, has been to think quite hard about where your files are uh, and you've got to sometimes find a path between where it is and where you want it to be uh, whereas now if everything just talks to files then that's going to be that's going to be just fine so i think once everybody gets up to speed on that i think it's going to be a nice a nice improvement for the whole system um i was talking about file providers um a few days ago on twitter and a lot of people uh sent me this question that i that i thought initially was kind of interesting and then it got kind of strange and i wanted to investigate so a lot of people after reading my ios 11 review they asked me why do all my files when i tap on them they go straight into google drive Uh, basically Mm. a lot of people ask me this question why is it that i open files and i tap on a document and instead of being shown a preview of the document um the the files app jumps into the google drive app that asks me if i want to import and upload the the document and i thought that was strange because it was not supposed to happen i mean if you tap a plain text file you're supposed to see a i guess a at minimum like a quick look preview of a plain text document not to i mean i just don't see the assumption of why would you tap and go into google drive and so after asking around it turns out that there's a 
Uh, at least there used to be. I'm not sure if it's still there with the latest version of the Google Drive that has a file provider. But the, this problem, I want to mention it because a lot of people maybe tried files and stopped using it because of this issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, Google had a problem with setting the ownership of different file formats. So the way that this works is um, document-based applications on iOS can advertise themselves as the either handlers or owners of certain document types. So for example, Pages can say, I'm the owner of the documents with the format .pages. And Keynote can do the same, and you know PowerPoint maybe can do the same. And the problem was that Google, for some reason, set the UTI of Google Drive as the... Basically, Google Drive was the owner of any file that conformed with the UTI public.data. And public.data is just the most generic UTI that you could possibly yeah, use. That's, because like any, it, that's the anything category. It, it describes yeah. anything. It's a catch-all UTI that says, yeah, is that is that data you're you're dealing with? <laughs> sure. Well, I'll take some of that data. <laughs> <laughs> and basically the problem with these folks jumping into Google Drive was they tapped on a document and Let's say that a TXT file was the one they tapped into files. And Pages didn't, you know, Apple Pages is not the owner of TXT documents. Numbers isn't. Anything isn't really. But Google Drive will say, hey, I'm the owner of public.data. So iOS is sort of sort of like a cascade format. iOS mm-hmm. just assu- makes the assumption that, well, it's a TXT document and no one is saying it's the owner. Google Drive says it's the owner of any public data. So I'll just open Google Drive. And mm-hmm. that is why people were jumping straight into Google Drive because it was a uh, it was a sort of a rug implementation of uh, how the system is supposed to work. And even uh, you know, folks from Microsoft, from the Office team, got in touch with me and they said, you know, we're having this problem and we're talking to Apple to get a fix because people uh, they tap on Word files and they jump into Google Drive. Now, I wanted to mention this because. I think that Microsoft was also at fault here because of mm. the way that they implemented Open in Place. Uh, because yeah. if you tap on a Word file, you sh- you should go automatically in- into Word at least. You would think, yeah, yeah. I mean, you Microsoft would... has never been a great platform citizen in terms of file handling. They, I mean, they they have essentially an implementation of something that looks a bit like an open dialog box from Windows inside their iOS app. Um, and they've always kind of hidden the, the iOS mechanism far below the surface. Um, I hesitate to say deliberately to screw over Google, but um, it's always made it much more difficult to deal with Google Drive as opposed to Dropbox or many other services inside Office. Because we use Office at school quite a lot in certain courses, and that's uh, that's been a tricky one. And they've, al- they've also had problems with things like if I've got an, uh, they have unsaved documents, right? That's one of the weird things in Office is you can have an unsaved document open in an iOS app. And if you have that and you try and open another Word document into Word, uh, it will fail to work because there's already a you know, document open. So, and stuff like that has always been a bit weird in the Office apps. Yeah. So anyway, I, I wanted to, to mention this because the problem is likely being fixed because I think uh, Google, Apple, and Microsoft are all aware of this issue. Mm-hmm. But it was just so many listeners and readers that got in touch with me that I, I think it was worth addressing yeah. on the show. 
I mean, one of the ways, one of the places where we've seen this before is in airdrop. If we do a lot of airdropping in school, obviously, and uh, when you see you airdrop a Word document to an iPad, there's often a lot of apps can possibly open a Word document. So what will happen is the airdrop will pop up a sometimes a very long list saying, "Hey, all these apps in your iPad can open a Word document. Where do you want to send it?" and Obviously, Word is going to be in there, usually near the top. But Google Drive has always been in there. No matter what file type you drop on an iPad from another iPad, is Google Drive is going to be in there somewhere because Google Drive thinks it owns all the files in the world. Um, so I think maybe uh, if Apple can persuade Google to put a little more restraint into their UTI uh, ownership yeah. list, that would probably solve 90% of the problem, I think. Just to um, be a little more specific, really, it would, yeah, I think it would yeah, help. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the part of the problem, though, is that um, if, you, if you are more specific than that, then you have to have a huge long list of all the files that might show up. Yeah. Um, and, and if you miss anything out, then people will be like, why can't I put a Photoshop file into Google Drive on my iPad or something, you know, if, if you leave out one particular file format. so That is true, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wonder if maybe uh, the solution would be to actually change the whole system so that by default you always see a quick look preview and then in the quick look preview you get options so you got like the default option like a large button that says this document can be opened in photoshop or affinity photo mm -hmm. and below that maybe you could see other options like this document can also be opened with uh you know google drive and dropbox and stuff like that because right yeah. now the system it's it's not consistent at all. Sometimes you see a quick look preview, other times you tap on a document and you go straight into the app, which I understand because if you tap on a pages document, you do want to go back to pages. Um, but that cr breaks, you know, the, the system breaks when uh, there are multiple owners, like a TXT document that is not really a single owner for TXT files. So it doesn't make sense to me to jump straight into something else. I mean, this, this is one of these places in iOS 11, of which there are more than just this, where Apple have brought over a Mac concept to iOS and they've not they've either not brought everything over or they've not adapted it quite right. And we've had our conversation about uh, spaces in iOS and that's another example of that. But um, I, on the Mac, what you do with this, of course, is, is you can look at the info panel and you can say, always open this file with and yeah. choose a compatible app or always open all files of this type with and choose a compatible app. So you could say on the Mac, always open every TXT file with bbedit if you want, because you can just make it that way. Whereas iOS just doesn't have that capability. It does have the type system. It does have a notion of file owners, but it doesn't give you the control over who you actually want to be the owner of an Excel file or a Word file or something like that. So uh, I think that's clearly something that needs to come probably quite soon. Uh, and even if it's just in the info panel inside files, you know, because it's not something that everybody's going to hit all the time. But when you run into situations like this, you, you do need to have that control right there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, Federico, let me tell you about our sponsor for this show. We are sponsored by Sanebox. Uh, now, I imagine that every person listening to this show has got something that you don't like about the email you receive or the features in your email app. Sanebox is here to help bridge those gaps and solve all those problems. Because it's not practical to just delete all your email much as you might want to. Because there's important stuff in there you need to deal with. But the problem is that it all just looks the same. And at a glance, it can be hard to see what's important, what's not, before it even hits your inbox. So Sanebox's idea is that only the email that lands in your inbox is stuff that you actually need to see. 
It'll sort through all your mail and move all the trivial stuff to different folders. So the only messages in your inbox are the ones that you need. And the great thing is it works on top of your current setup with any app, any email app that you have on your iOS device, on your Mac, SaneBox will handle it. So all the SaneBox magic happens before you ever see your email. That's why it works with any app. So there's also a feature called the black hole. And all you need to do is move your unwanted email into that folder and you will never hear from that sender again. And this is perfect for escaping those mailing lists that you just can't get rid of. You can set up email reminders, snooze your email too, and SaneBox has got all those features just ready and waiting for you. So Federico, you're our, you're our resident SaneBox guru. How's it, how's it been after the review and uh, feedback that undoubtedly has come your way? Yeah, um, still using SaneBox, still you know, organizing my emails with, a, I would say, a, a sort of like a four-level system. I have my inbox where all my most important emails go. And then I have three main same box folders. I have my same later folder, which is like emails from people, but not so urgent that they need to be in my main inbox. And then I have the same uh, news folder, where I get all sort of social updates, newsletters, and just stuff that is not from an actual human being. And finally, I have my St. Betas folder where uh, all test flight emails go. And because I have like 100 builds uh, of apps that I'm, you know, developers send me for questions or for feedback, and um, I have a lot of test flight emails every single day, so they go straight into a folder. And with iOS 11, this... Uh, you know, this gets even better because I can use, you know, uh, the mail app was already updated for iOS 11, of course, in beta one. So for the past three months, I've gotten used to uh, an even better uh, triaging system. I, I put my the mail app and my task manager side by side. I navigate across all my same folders and, uh, you know, the, the things that need to be saved into my task manager, I just drag and drop them. And, you know, I, this combination of Sainbox and iOS 11 really worked well for me. So, uh, you know, I've, I've been using this for almost a year now. And uh, the beauty of it is that it follows me everywhere. I can change email clients and Sainbox is always there. So I, I honestly, I don't see me stopping, you know, uh, to use Sainbox anytime soon. Very cool. Very cool. So to help you get a little more organization in your inbox, we have worked with Sainbox to get you a great deal. Just go to sanebox.com slash canvas and you'll get a two-week free trial, extra $20 credit just because you listen to the show. You don't have to enter your credit card information unless you decide to buy, so there's nothing to lose. Check it out today and get your email finally under control. Again, that's sanebox, S-A-N-E-B-O-X dot com slash canvas. Okay, Federico, let's talk about some more iCloud Drive type features, leaving behind the other, the other providers for a second. Tell us a little bit more about folders. All right. So um, previously in iOS, um, if an app used iCloud Drive, it was only it was limited to saving documents and you know to save files into its own container in iCloud Drive. So, for example, Pixelmator, uh, they use iCloud Drive for storage. It can only create documents and uh, into a you know Pixelmator folder in iCloud Drive. Uh, each app got its own container, and when you open the full iCloud Drive app, you could browse all these different containers. Uh, you know they had custom icons to represent the, the app on you know that that owned the files, and that was a very simple system really, and it sort of it spoke to the old iOS model of files live into the apps that create them, and 
with iOS 11, that's changing sort of dramatically even. Um, the first thing to consider, I mean, besides having the main files app that now you can change between multiple file providers, and that's already a big change because it means that Dropbox and iCloud Drive can be on equal footing. Uh, but we should also consider how apps can now embed their own document browser powered by files. So the same interface, the same file providers, and the same structure that you see in the files app that can now be included into third-party applications. So when you launch them, you see the default files view. And that means that now apps can create documents anywhere in the files structure, not just in their own containers. They, they still can, I believe, but now I'm just I've been creating documents into any folder I want because if apps use the, the document browser in iOS 11, you start with the same two views of the files app. You have the recent view and you have the, what's it called, browse view. Browse, uh, yeah. And in the recent view, you see your recent documents and here developers can filter those documents to just the ones that you recently used in that specific application. So for example, in the recent view of my files app, I see all kinds of recent documents. I see photos, I see spreadsheets, I see presentations. But when I open Keynote, and now in iOS 11, the iWork apps have been updated to use the document browser powered by files, I only see my recent presentations because those are the ones that I recently use in files. However, when I switch to the browse view within Keynote, I see the complete UI that I would see in files. I see iCloud Drive, I see Dropbox, I see all of my all of my documents, and I can choose whatever I want, and I create and I can create a presentation whatever I want, and that means that I'm no longer constrained to the Keynote folder in iCloud Drive. But if I want, I can create a presentation in my Release Notes folder, which is what I did for my Release Notes presentation. And that is a big change because we, we, we've spent years sort of educating people on how to create and retrieve files and documents on iOS. And now, if apps, especially if they use the document browser, that's completely different. That means that you start with the document view. You start with a, should I say, file system almost, and mm -hmm. then you choose where to create a document, and then you switch back to the recent view to pick recently used, recently modified documents. And that is a that is a major difference from from how iOS used to be. Yeah, it is. And so now, that in principle, you can have in in iCloud Drive, you can have. A project folder and mix and match all kinds of documents together in the one folder, which is, I think, it's going to be really nice once um, once everything gets updated to work with that. It's, it's going to be very very nice. Yeah, I noticed um, those uh, those app specific folders in iCloud Drive. You can delete them, but it gives you a warning that once you delete it, um, it will be permanently gone. So those apps, those folders are somehow a little bit special. I don't quite understand exactly how. But they're um, they're treated a little differently than the normal folders that you just make by yeah. hand inside files. Yeah, I think the way that it works is um, they are the default location. Uh, so, for example, I okay. created a new presentation in Keynote, and by default, it was saved into iCloud Drive slash Keynote. So the Keynote folder, the you know the special one with the icon. 
But if I want to, I can create this, uh, a new document anywhere in files. So I think the only way that makes them special is that they are the default location. But you're free to create a document anywhere you want. And as you said, you can create project folders. For example, in my release notes folder, I have my travel documents, I have my presentation, and I have my you know my speaker guide. And that is, I know that that's a big difference, but uh, at least for me. When I when I remember that I can do that, because this is one of the main problems right now, I forget that that is now possible. So yeah. when I remember that I can do that, I think, well, you know, this is actually pretty powerful because now I can organize my documents by type, by project, not just by some arbitrary limitation of iCloud Drive. Have you noticed, Federico, in settings now, if you go into the settings for an app that supports the, the document file picker like Kino or Pages, there is a section in the settings where it says you've got your normal things like allow Keynote to access Syrian search, mobile data if you've got a cellular device. But there's now an item called document storage. And if you go into that setting, you, you can choose any of your file providers as it says store documents and data on. And I'm looking at my, my phone here. I've got iCloud Drive, Readle Documents and Google Drive. And I can choose any one of those. And I'm wondering if, if that is... Uh, that's a new place to default to. I haven't actually had the courage to turn it on yet because I've only got pages in Keynote and I don't want to have an accident with files there. Wait but, a um, second. Where did yeah. you get this settings screen? Okay, so in the settings app, right? Uh, oh. Go to settings. Oh. Okay. Go okay. to Keynote. And then in there, there's a thing called document storage. Now, that used to be called something like iCloud Drive, I think. Yeah, you yeah. Could turn, you could turn on or off iCloud Drive. But now it's called document storage and it lists in there all of your file providers. So yeah. I haven't haven't changed it yet for anything, but I wonder if that maybe um, that if I choose Google Drive there, does that make Google Drive my default place for Keynote documents in the future? So that's um, huge if it does. I'm really excited that, about that. That yeah. this to me sort of shows how Apple is getting closer to, you know, allowing users to set different defaults, especially for dealing with documents. But mm-hmm. what I don't understand is why. I don't see Dropbox in here, but I have the Dropbox file provider installed. Yes, I don't have it. I don't have Dropbox here either, but I'm not sure why. Hmm. Yeah. Very yeah. I don't, I don't know. Um. Anyway, I need to figure out what that does. If anybody knows, please tweet us or email us. Yeah. Um, it's not very clearly described. There is some help text on that screen, but it's not very clear clear what the impact of changing that will be. So. Um, before we talk about before we talk about some. Uh, you know, we conclude with some examples of mm-hmm. uh, third-party providers and services. I want to mention a few of the features that developers can use when they adopt the document browser. And maybe you will see some of these in, in um, third-party apps that use the files uh, browser. Um, developers g- get access to, th- I think, three different type of small extensions that can modify the document browser. So you will see apps, for example, that put some custom buttons and icons into the title bar at the top. For example, now in Keynote, when you open the document browser, which, by the way, uses the the dark appearance, which is really nice, mm-hmm. uh, you see that the remote uh, icon is now in the title bar. If you want to control presentations from your iPhone, for example, you get the remote icon at the top. And that is actually an extension point that developers can also use. For example, I've seen developers who are now using the document browser uh, putting uh, settings uh, buttons 
at the top. So you can open the, uh, the settings screen for an application inside of the document browser, which is nice. Um, developers can also put a custom action in the copy and paste menu. So when you tap and hold on a document in the files document browser, you will see uh, some custom actions in addition to copy and paste and share and info. Uh, so that's another extension point. And the other is a custom action in the share sheet. So if you, from the document browser, if you hit select and you select a document or multiple documents, if the app supports dealing with multiple documents, which is now available in iOS, finally, there's a proper API for that, uh, you will get a custom activity item, a custom extension uh, in the share sheet. I've seen, I think, a few apps that, for example, they allowed you to pick a file from the document browser, then hit select, and from the share sheet, do stuff like convert to GIF or convert to MP4, okay. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So there's three different extension types that developers can use when they adopt the document browser. Three different style um, themes. I think light, dark, and... I have never seen the, the third one. I think it's called just black, maybe. Uh, yeah, I've never seen the third one. I've seen this, uh, the the default one, and the one used by um, by Keynote. Uh, so yeah, not a lot of customization. You know, developers cannot say always. For example, they cannot say things like uh, always load the app and the document browser at this specific location. Um, it's really it's either you go into the the container in Acro Drive or you just go to the root view. Uh, also, developers cannot filter by only documents created by their own apps. So like not even Apple can say only show documents created by pages. But as you mentioned before, you, could you will also see TXT documents because they cannot say, well, filter this document browser and only show me .pages documents. That's not possible. So that probably creates some confusion because it means that your files will, your files will be intermixed with each other. Uh, I don't know if Apple can can make this better in any way that is not any more confusing. Yeah, a lot of this stuff needs a little bit of work, I think. But um, once it works, I mean, I kind of feel this was true of you know document providers in iOS nine as well, or eight was it even? Um, that was I had a lot of promise for a year, and then it finally came good, and the world was better after that. And I think files is going to be quite a lot that way as well. Yeah. So. Mention Federico very briefly just um, what services have been updated to work with files as of a recording date, which is the 28th of September. Uh, Dropbox were early out the gate. They, they've done a great implementation, I think. They've, uh, it's not perfect, but I think uh, of the third-party providers, that's one of the most solid ones so far. Uh, Box.com is not a service I use, but I know that their app is compatible. Uh, Readle Documents we've mentioned before. Um, that's now that's not a cloud service as such. That's an app uh, where you're saving it into the Readle Documents space. That may be occasionally handy if you need to um, if you need to share files, get files on and off. Because Documents has a very good um, Wi-Fi drive implementation. So I, I've done that from time to time. If I just quickly need to get a file onto somebody's iPad, a video file, for example, I'll install Readle Documents and just get it done that way. And of course, Readle's PDF Expert is there too. Google Drive, I just installed it today. We've already alluded, Federico, to Google Drive's uh, slightly questionable implementation of some features <laughs> here. Um, the, the biggest issue I have right now is that their provider basically doesn't seem to work. Uh, I'm I've been looking at it while you were speaking there, and 
what I'm seeing is I'm seeing three big issues with it right now. One is that the provider seems to either run out of memory or crash. And, and, and the visual impact of that is you're browsing a folder and it just comes up and says, um, files unavailable. It says content unavailable. The folder contents could not be displayed because of an unknown error. And there's a try again button there. And that seems to be a, a, a re repeatable problem when you're browsing through your Google Drive uh, that it just randomly crashes for some reason. Now, I know those those providers are under some strict memory limits and execution time limits, so probably they're running into something like that. But the second issue is that it doesn't show accurate folder counts. So uh, I see a lot of folders in my Google Drive and they all say they've got one item in them until you go inside and maybe there's 40 items in there and that's not ideal either. And the third and perhaps the most annoying one is that for any file in your Google Drive, it shows them all as being downloaded. So uh, if you look at iCloud Drive or Dropbox, you'll see there are some files that are they're solid and they appear like they're there, and other ones have got maybe a cloud icon in the corner or something. Uh, Google Drive doesn't seem to make any such distinction. It seems to try to kid on that all your files are on your device all the time. And, you know, I've got uh, over a terabyte and a half of stuff in Google Drive, and I promise you it's not all stored on my iPhone. So it, it seems to either have a lot of bugs, like a surprising number of bugs for a released piece of software, or they're just running into limitations on, on real hardware that maybe... And maybe it's because my Google Drive is large. I don't know. I mean, I do have a lot of files in there, but it seems to be trying to do some stuff in the background that is just too much for it at the moment. I wonder if it's better for people who've got smaller Google Drives. I don't know. But I have a huge amount of stuff in Google Drive, and it just seems to be unable to cope with it at the moment. Yeah. People were waiting on, we're waiting on Microsoft OneDrive. That's not there yet, although I can't imagine that's far behind either. Um uh, but you'll also find that there are apps that appear in the Files app, even though they're not actually properly updated. And what you'll get when you tap on them is you'll get the legacy iOS 10 and earlier document browser, uh, the, the document provider that we used to have. That'll pop up and you can certainly you know interact with that, but you don't have the full interaction. So it's harder to get things into those systems, but you can at least get a file out and do something with it. So you pop up OneDrive, download a OneDrive file and you can open it in, in an app or save it in, in your iCloud drive or something. But it's it's very much a stopgap until those applications update for iOS 11 as well. Yeah. And I mean, uh, when you see those, uh, essentially those legacy UIs, you, you don't get any of the benefits of like drag and drop. You, you know, just a model UI on top of files just for compatibility purposes so that things do not break. Uh, but uh, really... Um, it's gonna be a while, I think, before um, we we will see some of the custom implementations that document pickers had in the past. Like before, you know, developers could write their own view controllers, and that allowed them some freedom in terms of the you know what type of design, what type of custom UIs you could put in the document provider uh, extension and now with the file provider extensions uh, you know essentially you you don't customize anything you just pass you know you just say hey here's a folder and it contains files and there you go and developers don't think about the ui at all so stuff like transmit for example that in the past had a document provider extension with a really custom ui that's basically not possible now 
Yeah, that is one I actually use quite a lot. I use Transmit to publish the podcast, for example, uh, and for a few other things as well. And I'm certainly hoping that uh, the team at Panic can do something to integrate with files. I don't. Maybe it's not going to be as fancy or as powerful as it was in the past, but it would be nice to have that drag and drop integration and maybe upload to Amazon S3 or something like that or FTP, the kind of things that we do on a, a weekly or so basis around here. That would be nice to see. So fingers crossed. Um, and of course, looking for quite a few apps to adopt the files interface as their file picker interface. Uh, the one I'm really hoping for is Swift Playgrounds because I have got hundreds of Swift Playgrounds files and I really need some support for folders so we can cross our fingers that that's going to get updated quite soon as well. Yeah, yeah. So that's our, that's our story on files uh, as it exists right now in its released form. Uh, Federico, I'm, I'm excited about the future. I mean, we've griped a lot about, you know, slightly buggy implementations or anything like that. But I, I think that once this all settles down and once everybody's implementation is very solid, I think this is going to be, this might actually be the biggest change in iOS 11. Uh, and I, I think it's uh, it's going to be very significant for the future of the platform. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited about, you know, this new workflows being opened by files, by, you know, with drag and drop and, and split view and, and files all together and file providers, it feels like we're getting we're getting closer to that vision of all our apps can communicate with each other and now that applies to files and documents too. So I, I'm really, there are some problems right now, but I'm optimistic overall. Yeah, I mean, it, it's almost philosophically a big change, isn't it, as well? It's, and, and it's surprising to me how much Apple has been willing to give away in terms of the privileged position of iCloud Drive. Because it used to be that for Pages and Keynote, you had to be on iCloud Drive to get a good experience with those apps. And now, as far as I can see, you could just basically pull out iCloud Drive and put in Google Drive and and you're going to get a similar experience. So uh, we'll see how that shakes out as these providers get their implementations up to scratch. Yeah, yeah. Great. So that's our show for this week. You can connect with us on Twitter. Uh, the show is underscore Canvas FM. I'm Fraser Spears on Twitter. Federico is Vitici, and we will be back with you next show.